You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. Oh, what's up? Good morning. Thanks for listening. Odyssey app, your incredible affiliate wherever you are. If you're away from, from home, Sirius XM 158, writerthanyou.com. We got the podcast version I know a bunch of you listen to. Thanks for being here. Appreciate you. Awesome, by the way. I'm in New York City. Great to be here, man. I like being in the office, seeing Tom Celestino, seeing Andrew Bogish. I'm in a good mood. Busy full day of football weekend over the weekend. Everything's coming up, Aces. And to add to that, and I say this all the time on the air, we said it before we started having them on, for my money, and there's a lot of good people doing great work in the NFL. I'm not taking shots at anybody, any of my colleagues at CBS. But for my money, the best NFL media person, writer, reporter, he does all of it, we all do all of it today, is Mike Florio from Pro Football Talk. It is the must-read for me in the morning when I get up and start getting ready for this job. And so it's always awesome when we have him on, especially after this weekend's action. He joins me now on the phone line. Mr. Florio, good morning. I still keep forgetting to retain you to be my agent in my NBC negotiations. <laughs> I need to do that. I mean, they take a you, pretty good percentage. I'm in. Sold. That feels like free money, Mike Florio. I will take it. I'll take a pre- I'm a good negotiator. Deal. Um, Mike Florio on the show. Mike, a lot to get to. Let, let's start here. Uh, how would you characterize Brock Purdy's performance yesterday in that in that win for, for the Niners? It was impressively consistent and exactly what the 49ers need. And I say that because when you're so loaded on both sides of the ball, when you have a roster full of badasses who roll out of bed and kick your butt, run through a brick wall, look at the last moment of the game when Jimmy Ward executes a perfect form tackle with lightning precision of Cavante Turpin before they can even get the Stanford band playing going. That just shows you how the team is wired. They, they are a bunch of roughnecks in a good way. They are guys who don't need to practice tackling to the ground. They'll tackle you to the ground in their sleep if they have to. That's what they have. And so they just needed someone to stabilize the offense, distribute the football, do it calmly. He didn't freak out. I was concerned about him in the last playoff game against the Seahawks when the first pass slipped out of his hands. But he forgot about it. He moved on, and he's just done exactly what they need. So, look, I don't know that he would have been this good playing for any other team. It just worked out perfectly. The planets lined up, and he's been great. Now, can he keep it going? That's the question. But with each week, as he goes to the next round, he does it with the confidence of having won in the most recent round. So we're going to see a different guy, a more confident guy, go to Philadelphia. Well, that's enough. Remains to be seen. And Mike, on the other side of the equation is a quarterback who is unquestionably talented in Dak Prescott, who you, we would think would be capable of winning big games. And certainly that game looked like it was there for the taking. If you're the Cowboys, what is your in-house evaluation of, of Dak Prescott? And what do you try to do to have a different outcome next season, seasons ahead? Well, they're all in with Dak Prescott. They did the four-year, $160 million contract two years ago. This is season three. And after this year, they're going to have to decide whether to extend him, enter what would be the final year of his contract with no ability to apply the franchise tag after the 2024 season. That's the way his most recent deal was structured. He got what at the time was by far the best quarterback contract of any of the quarterbacks 
And since then, it's hard to argue that anyone's gotten anything better than that except for maybe Deshaun Watson because he got five years fully guaranteed. But Dak did four years with three years to a renegotiation, four years to true free agency, and the Cowboys claim they're all in with him. Now, the thing about Jerry Jones, he is the kind of guy who is always behind the people who are employed by him at those key positions completely, totally, and unconditionally until the moment that he isn't. So he can fall out of love with a guy fast because he won't show that he's fallen out of love with the guy until he's completely ready to move on. I don't think the Cowboys move on from him, though. I don't think they move on from Coach Mike McCarthy. The problem is how do you get better? In a league where it's very easy to get worse, especially if you lose Dan Quinn to a head coaching job and you got to find somebody else to keep that defense operating at a high level, how do you get better? How do you close the gap with the 49ers? Last year they lost to the 49ers by six. This year they lost to the 49ers by seven. I think it was very impressive how they hung in there, but there's still a gap between the Cowboys and the 49ers and Eagles. Those are the two best teams in the conference right now, and then a half click below that is the Cowboys. I don't know how they close that gap, and the big challenge is keeping that gap from getting wider, but I fully expect they'll stick with Dak and they'll do their damnedest to try to continue to improve the talent around him and try to keep that defense as good as it's been. Mike Florio, there's obviously a dearth of, of quarterback talent that is that is certain in the National Football League. And so if you're Arizona and you have Kyler Murray or you're the Cowboys a few years ago and you have Dak and you're negotiating, you negotiate from a position where talent is talent regardless of some of the issues. In that context, if you're Baltimore, what is the best right answer as you negotiate with your would-be franchise quarterback, Lamar Jackson? Well, the problem is they can't negotiate with Lamar Jackson. The way that this has played out with Lamar representing himself and his mother helping, it's been very difficult for the Ravens to have a meaningful negotiation. And it could be that Lamar Jackson just expects a Deshaun Watson-style contract to fall out of the sky. That's one of the reasons to have an agent. It's not just to have the person who exchanges emails with the Ravens to get the best possible contract. You need an agent who comes to you and explains to you as the client what's going on, what the options are, whether you should take the best offer that the Ravens are willing to make, whether you should try to go in a different way. Deshaun Watson ultimately got a five-year fully guaranteed contract because in part, and this all started two years ago when he said to the Texans, I'm never playing for you again. Trade me. The agents put that plan into motion, and it worked. And then when it was time to trade him, they worked it to perfection where they had four teams at the table. And they kind of got lucky because they kicked the Browns to the curb at a time when the Browns had completely blown up their relationship with Baker Mayfield. So they got desperate, and they swung back around and gave him that five-year fully guaranteed contract. So an agent can explain to Lamar Jackson what you have to do to get that thing you want. You don't just sit there, cross your arms, and wait for them to give it to you. And I think that's the problem the Ravens and Lamar Jackson are experiencing. I think what's going to happen is non-exclusive franchise tag. You know, have a chance to go out and negotiate with other teams. The Ravens would be content to take two first-round picks if someone makes them an offer that they can't or won't match because they understand they're not going to be able to work out a long-term deal with them nobody's going to be able to work out a long-term deal with him. And that's the other side of this, too, Bill. If he goes to the open market, well, as open as it gets for a franchise tag player, if he goes to the market and isn't able to negotiate a deal with another team because he wants a five-year fully guaranteed deal and they're not willing to do it, what ultimately happens? Maybe he comes back to Baltimore and takes the best offer that they've made because he realizes no one else is doing anything better. 
Mike Florio here on the show, CBS Sports Radio. Mike's on Twitter at Pro Football Talk. Mike, um, great win by the Bengals, uh, impressive win by that team. It also means that the Chiefs, who obviously also won, get to host their AFC Championship game at Arrowhead. Do you think that severely reduces the likelihood, if there was one, that the NFL will look to do neutral site AFC-NFC Championship games? Or do you think that is a realistic outcome over the next few years? I think it's realistic, and I think the press release that the NFL put out on Friday is the sign that they were trying to lay the foundation for neutral site conference championship games by seizing on the sale of 50,000 tickets in 24 hours. Half went to Bills fans, half went to Chiefs fans. The NFL is very intrigued by and envious of the college football big game atmosphere where half the stadium is in the colors of one team, and half the stadium is in the colors of the other team. The reaction shots that you get, good or bad. And that's the thing. Every time something good happens for one team, something bad happens for another team. So you have sad fan reaction after everything positive that happens. And we love those on Twitter. We love to make those into memes. That's what the NFL is currently missing. Because the only game that's neutral site is the Super Bowl, and it doesn't have that same vibe because it's a different audience. It's a different crowd. It's people who have their tickets lined up months in advance who are going to go no matter who's in the game. For a conference championship like this where they make the tickets available to the season ticket holders of the two teams involved, they're going to fill up the neutral site stadium. And people are going to huff and puff about it, but this happens all the time with the NFL, Bill. They huff and puff, and they never blow the NFL's house down. We don't like this. We don't like that. We still tune in and watch. And I guarantee you that a neutral site conference championship game, once they do it once or twice, people will quit complaining about it. Now, we ran a poll last week. 85% of the people who responded said they don't want it. But it doesn't matter what we want. They want to do it. And if they get 24 owners to support it, it's just a new revenue stream. You can start squeezing cities like you do for the Super Bowl for all sorts of perks and cash and this and that. And, and it's meaningful. Think about it. If it's a true neutral site, instead of, you know, a smattering of fans coming into town if they can get tickets, you're getting 70,000 people descending on that city for the weekend to attend that game. And, and, and there's real value in that from a cash standpoint to the NFL. Mike Florio here on the show. In, in a previous life, Mike, I was a newspaper reporter at the Kansas City Star and wrote, as you do when you're at, the, at that place, a lot about the Chiefs and was had the pleasure to, to, to know Lamar Hunt before he passed. And if memory serves, this was something he wanted back in, in the day. W- would there be a scenario where would they would they put it in the same city? Is there a scenario where they would just do a super neutral site extravaganza? Or do you think they'd have one of the games in one place and another games in another place? And Lamar Hunt was pushing this on a regular basis. And it was always voted down. And the irony would have been if it was his team that lost a home conference championship game for the first test run of a neutral site conference championship. I think what they would do is have three different cities, one for the NFC, one for the AFC, and one for the Super Bowl, because that's how you maximize that, that value. We, we've seen time and again what the NFL gets from the cities that get to host the Super Bowl and what it means locally by way of revenues and tax base and all those things that politicians love to be able to trumpet to their constituents about money that's coming into town. So I think it would be, you know, Atlanta for the AFC championship, Las Vegas for the NFC championship, the Super Bowl, wherever it happens to be that year. And I really do think that's the best way to do it. You put 
the NFC Championship in an AFC city, the AFC Championship in an NFC city. The only problem is you got two stadiums that have both, SoFi and MetLife. And I guarantee you, if they're going to do an AFC and NFC Conference Championship game on a neutral site, at some point SoFi Stadium is going to host that game, and there's a chance that you're going to have a quote-unquote home team. But I guess in L.A. it's okay because the home teams are never really the home teams anyway. As a guy who lives very close to that stadium, that is 100% right. Mike Florio on the show. Mike, last one for you before we let you go and appreciate the time. Any tea leaves that, that you've been able to read on this Monday as it relates to where we think Patrick Mahomes will be health-wise when he and the Chiefs host a very confident, very dangerous Bengals team? I think he's going to be like he was on Saturday. I, high ankle sprain is a four- to six-week injury. They'll shoot it up. They'll numb it. They'll do whatever they do within the rules, and he'll be out there hobbling around like he was in Super Bowl 55. And I think it's one of the reasons why the Buccaneers beat the Chiefs in Super Bowl 55. Mahomes had turf toe. He had lost just enough of his mobility that the Tampa Bay defense could get to him. And I think this is almost better in a weird sort of way because I don't think he's going to try to do the stuff that we're used to seeing, the running around with your hair on fire. With the turf toe, he lost a little bit of that, and you could get to him. Now he's just going to have to play within the pocket. He's going to have to be smart with the ball, get rid of it quickly, stuff like we see from Joe Burrow and Tom Brady. And, you know, we've been looking for this new Brady Manning, Brady Manning. What's the next Brady Manning? How is it not Mahomes and Burrow? We thought it was Mahomes and Allen. How is it not Mahomes and Burrow? And I guess if Burrow keeps winning, maybe it doesn't count as a rivalry because Burrow's won three in a row against 100% Mahomes. What's he going to do against 60% or 70% Mahomes? I mean, it's amazing. And it's amazing that people continue to overlook the Bengals. I'm done. I'm done overlooking the Bengals. I'm all in. I'm already picking the Bengals to win on Sunday. I'd rather be wrong picking them than not picking them because there's something special about the Bengals and Joe Burrow when it's time to go in the postseason. Even in Kansas City, we saw it last year. I have a feeling we're going to see it again this year, especially with that injury to Patrick Mahomes. Florio, that's why you're the best in the business, and I'm going to let, as your new agent, I'm going to let NBC know. I'm in New York City for three days, so I'm well-positioned. You send me the contact info. 1% sounds great. I'm on it, pal. All right, good deal, buddy. Thanks, man. Uh, Mike, appreciate you. Mike Florio on the show, Pro Football Talk, at Pro Football Talk on Twitter. He's taking the Bengals, Tommy. I like it. He's directly talking to people like me. I overlooked them all season, especially, especially when they started 0-2. I'm telling you that if I, I can't be rational on the Chiefs because my kids were born there. I, my parents live in Kansas City. I covered that team, and I really like Clark Hunt. I just like, right, as a guy, I was around him a lot before and after his father, Lamar, passed away for a really long story I wrote on him. Patrick Mahomes is a great guy. My buddy, the late, great Trez Paler, covered them and just talked about how good of a— I just—I like the Chiefs. I'm I'm wrapped up in it, right? I am. If I weren't emotionally connected, which, which skews thinking, I would take the Bengals in a heartbeat. I just don't want it to be so. Florio's probably right. As is Tommy Muscles. Pretty Daddy. Pretty Daddy is a nickname really works in person. Like, you wear that, man. I don't know that I do, actually. You, you know, I know. You're too close to that like I'm too close to the Chiefs. <laughs> if you say so. I can be your Mike Florio here and just be like, you are Pretty Daddy. Pretty Daddy's got an awkward but beautiful by herself for us. Bunch of topics from around sports, including an all-time-ish LeBron James comeback and what it means to the Lakers. 
next here on CBS Sports Radio. Four NFL teams, two conference championship games, and only a few more shots to win big on the playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Counting down to Super Bowl 57, new customers can bet. This is amazing. Just $5 and get 200 in free bets instantly. Download, here's how you do it. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use the code RIDER. We all love it. R-E-I-T-E-R. New customers can bet $5 on the conference championship and get 200 in free bets instantly only at DraftKings Sportsbook with the code RIDER. R-E-I-T-E-R must be present in a state where lawful to wait 21 plus in most eligible states, but age varies by jurisdiction. Eligibility restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in New York. Call 877 877- Eight Hope NY or text Hope NY four six seven three six nine. Void in Ohio and Ontario. Bonus issued as free bets. One boost per eligible game. Deposit parlay and wage restrictions apply. Eligibility terms at sportsbook.draftkings.com slash football terms. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. We've invented something. We've invented a friendship coffee that has evolved into something more. Diesel. Oh, Diesel. Tom, take your shirt off real quick. Just get it done. Let's this segment. Rip your shirt off. You lost the bet. It's a year ago. I'm here. Rip wait, it off. Just wait, rip it off. Wait, what? We were it's just. Like, it's like we were, a band-aid. Just take your. No one's around. Take your shirt off. We were just talking about friendship coffee. I can't screen grab it. This is the day to do it. I'm, I'm not Get ready. Get your shirt I off. Prepared. I know. Just go. What do you want to do? Push ups before the end? Yeah. not prepared. Yeah, I got to get a swole going. Shirt off. Let's just do it. All right. We're back from break. Do some push ups and then let's go. Yeah, go, go. Push up on the floor. I'll talk to, to, to Bogey here. Guys, guys, I need time for this. No, you can't just get in there. on me uh, like that. So I do a lot of, like, I don't know what to call it, rock jumping. I go, like, to Tahoe. I used to go in Dubuque or go in Arkansas on the Buffalo River. And you, you find a high point, you jump into the water. You just have to jump. I don't like heights. You just have to jump. The more you think about it, the scarier it gets. It's not scary. Take the shirt off. There it is. And you're asking for more time. We're going on a, a, a year. year almost of an unpaid bet. Guys, I'm not ready if you know what I'm talking about here. I need to be groomed and ready for the, you know, my moment in the sun. If you don't do it tomorrow, you need to, Andrew, can you remind me? <laughs> yeah. I'm walking back to Spike Eskin's office, our boss. I'm not kidding. And I'm going to I'm gonna say, like, he won't pay off the bet. Are you willing to, like, come on the air and, and like, get involved? Uh, I don't want to go that route, I, so uh, something's going to have to give. Tomorrow. Yeah, like your shirt. <sighs> All right. Just get – Is that a, dude, I'm just telling you, if I remember, if Bogus brings it up – I'll remember. <laughs> I'm going to walk into his office tomorrow, and it's going to be, can you help me with a problem? That problem is Diesel having a shirt on. I mean, I think you could just end that. That problem is Diesel. Having his shirt <laughs> on. You got to pay off your bets. A Lannister – Pays his debts. Where, where did this come from, by the way? We did like a 180 there. Did you say diddly Yeah, that too. <laughs> Is that a hockey player? diddly We did a 180 there. I looked through the glass. I'm in person. Something seemed wrong, and it's like, oh, you haven't paid your bet off. Let's go. Which, by the way, definitely has expired. Nope. Nope. Not true. diddly no. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. I'm excited. We're in person. Should we do like a we do a group buy or sell? Is that what's happening? Yeah, we might as well. Let's go. What side will Bill take on the biggest issues in the world of sports? It's time for today's edition of Buy or Sell on Writer Than You. All right, Bill, let's start off by talking about Lamar Jackson. Now, according to ESPN Ravens quarterback Lamar Jackson, turned down. $133 million in guaranteed money from Baltimore prior to this season. Now, as we know, Lamar and the Ravens were unable to come to terms on a long-term deal this summer. 
And if it were to happen again, likely would lead to a franchise tag, as Mike Florio told us last segment. Buy or sell Lamar Jackson should have turned down $133 million. Uh, Guaranteed. Diddly lay for me. That's a sell. Sell. Nope. I mean, maybe it'll work out, but I thought Florio, as you noted, Tom, really broke it down in that he doesn't have an agent who gives him the hard news. That's part of the part of the job. By the way, um, Andrew, I just want to prepare you. I don't know if you've looked at the script. The script's amazing. I don't get the script. The third one, not the next one, the third one. I think we're actually going there next because we as were. you're about to say, like, I got a story to tell. It's a deep breath. Settle in. It's If I show it to you on my computer, it's the entire screen. Is Rom-Com Tom back? <gasps> no. Okay. <laughs> okay. He's not. I That's like sad. that you invented a word, diddly lay. <laughs> maybe he would have been back if you guys uh, didn't no, bring up no, this bet. No, no, this no. expired bet. bet. Dude, I will get Spike involved. It's like going to dad. <laughs> I would prefer we didn't do that. <laughs> Shirt off tomorrow by, in this segment, or it's it's Spike asking time. I'm going to get to uh, my novel that I I'm wrote I'm sure here. what he wants to do is spend his time coming on this show asking you to pay your bet like a real man. <laughs> uh, no, I don't think he wants to do All anything right. that I'm involved in. And really, that's not the way you want to meet our boss, do you say? It's not. No. <laughs> yeah. You're going you're gonna to get so... Oh, you got spiked! <laughs> Bye! Okay, thank you. All right. All right, let's get to some NBA here. Now, remember, Bogus, settle in. This is quite lengthy. It was a- another spike pun, P.S. Oh, give, it, give it to him. Give it to us. Well, just it's got Eskin skin. There's yeah. something in there. Like. Oh, you're gonna you're gonna you may you're gonna if you make it, it'll be by the hair of your Eskin. <laughs> Bye. We better see plenty of Eskin tomorrow, Diesel. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> now, please uh, continue. This friendship circle has really taken a turn for the worse for me. Yeah, it's more like a straight line. Yeah. <laughs> it was a busy weekend for the Lakers. LeBron scoring 37 last night in the win over the Blazers. But Bill, let's go back to Friday night when LA hosted Memphis. Now, as the game went to halftime, Fox Sports personality and Pro Football Hall of Famer Shannon Sharp was joined with members of the Grizzlies and T. Morant, who, of course, is father of John Morant. Sharp and the Grizzlies had to be held back from one another. Sharp, as we all know, is a noted LeBron James supporter, and he was sitting courtside. Sharp was taken into the tunnel during halftime and then was allowed to return to his seat for the second half. Sharp also gave an interview to ESPN in which he said, quote, they didn't want this smoke. They do all that talking and jockeying, and I ain't about that jockeying. It started with Dylan Brooks. I said he was too small to guard LeBron. He said, bleep me. So I said, bleep you back. He started to come at me. I said, you don't want these problems. And then Jock came out of nowhere talking. He definitely didn't want these problems. And then the dad came, and he obviously... Didn't want these problems, end quote. Buy or sell, you are okay with Shannon Sharp being allowed to return to his courtside seat for the second half. What's amazing, I went and got a coffee. <laughs> I got to give, there... give you context. There's a lot happening there. There, there was a line at Dunkin'. <laughs> the credit card machine didn't work. <laughs> Is your coffee still hot? Uh, it's a little lukewarm. Uh, what just happened? <laughs> Look, be careful. You you don't want this smoke. <laughs> I <laughs> No, not from him, not from Shannon Sharp, not from anybody. In all seriousness, does anybody on the Grizzlies want that smoke from Shannon Sharp? Sell. No. Well, no, but this is who Memphis is, and they they talk a lot of smack, like a certain producer who doesn't, you know, 
will be named. They don't back up necessarily what they say they're going to do, probably. Mm-hmm. But you can't. You sh- yeah, it was a shot at you, D-Cell. <laughs> Did a little I, uh, I, I, got, I got no time for Shannon Sharp doing this stuff. Having sat in these seats for stories, you know, media walk down there all the time. You have incredible access to celebrities and athletes, and there's a certain decorum you have to spend. And by the way, if um, how many times have we seen people sitting courtside or near courtside who aren't famous, who say something stupid, who jaw with, you know, LeBron or whoever and get kicked out, get in trouble, right? This is ridiculous, man. Like, no, he should. You just got to be there and take it. That's part of the you, you don't get to, I think, engage. Although, although they didn't want any of that smoke. Like, Shan's what That's a, a big dude. Those, big dude. Yeah. He's in his early 50s, and it looks like he could still play. His physique is amazing. I want that outfit. People are making fun of it. No, I thought the outfit looked awesome. I, I just went and found the tweet to make sure I had this right. He apologized for this on the air this morning for three minutes and 12 seconds. I was wondering what he was going to do. Did he apologize? Yes. But, like, let's be real here. Was he made to apologize by his bosses? No, I don't know. They love it. I know all those guys. I mean, they love the attention, I would think. Yeah, because, I mean, you know he, he would have to address it at some point today, whether it's apologizing or telling you his side of the story. I mean, he had to, coming off all the skip stuff right. post Demar Hamlin. He'd have to say something today. I mean, it definitely, look, it definitely was like, it's hard to be critical of, you know, of, of your partner when you're out there trying to get in a fight with <laughs> NBA players in a game. Right. I mean... It, not cool. Yeah, and the, but then we just move on. Like, it's not anything not more the end of the than, world. Yeah, it happened. He apologized, and we just go. But I do think you keep him. I don't think you let him sit courtside for, for a while. And when he comes back, he probably has to, like, do a little interview and apologize or whatever. But, Those I mean, were, that, that's clearly not going to happen because he was allowed to sit courtside for the second half. Yeah, but sometimes teams, especially that team, are really – how do you handle in L.A.? Like, people don't handle that stuff in real time very well, especially – at Staples Center, where they're very, very conscientious of famous people being around. And those were his seats, right? Like tickets? Uh, yes, I believe so. Right, okay. Because, I mean, he's one of the biggest LeBron supporters in the national media. He's always waving his LeBron flag. Yep. All right, let's keep it in the NBA That was here. sharp, by the way. No question. Bye. Well done, Shannon. I appreciate I got. both of your... Uh, both of you being very sarcastic. I know you guys didn't like the length of the question. There was plenty of context to be told, though. It's more like an essay. All right, I'm moving I, on. I, I liked, have you thought about, what's an essay magazine? Like McSweeney's? Do they do essays? I don't know. Is it a novella? Would that be a novella? Yeah, a novella maybe. Right. That's fiction, though, isn't it? Maybe. Yeah. Harper's? Harper's Bizarre? We could have it We could have it put, oh, The Atlantic does a lot of good work. Yes. Submit it to Atlantic. Sunday New York Times. They'll need to print some extra pages, though. Just let me know when you guys are done. Could be online only to save some trees. That's fair, but that's a lot of scrolling. You you know, that's a lot of bandwidth. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm good. I'm going to continue in the NBA, then, if you guys are good. Yeah, but it's your world, buddy. While the Warriors won on Friday night, beating the Cavs 120-114, to 114, none of their marquee players were in the lineup. No Steph Curry, no Klay Thompson, and no Draymond Green. Friday was the second half of a back-to-back for Golden State as they had lost in overtime to Boston on Thursday. So head coach Steve Kerr was looking to rest his All-Stars. After the game on Friday, Kerr offered a solution to fans who were frustrated by the Golden State All-Stars not seeing the court. 
I feel terrible for for fans who buy tickets who are expecting to see someone play um, and they don't get to see that person play. It's it's a brutal part of the business. Um, that's why I'm going to continue to advocate for 72 game seasons. Um, and um, I know that means less revenue, but at some point, uh, I think there just needs to be an awareness from everybody involved, uh, the league, players, coaches, performance staff. Like, let's let's be really smart. Let's take care of these guys um, and play fewer games, and the overall quality of the game will be better. And um, if that's the case, then revenue is going to go up anyway. My question to you, Bill, buy or sell Steve Kerr's idea of a 72-game regular season? Sell it so much with all the aggression. So, I mean, give me. Like, I, I, I like I like Kerr. Maybe you guys have a different view, but that what what a bunch of hot garbage he's spewing. I can't manage my guys properly. Therefore, we should change how many games are played. Either accept the fact that you said a bunch of dudes and a bunch of kids went home crying, which by the way I, I can relate to now because my my son wants to go see a bunch of players. It's like, man, what do you do if you buy these tickets and you show up and they don't play or play the guys? But you're not going to change the schedule because you want your dudes to have more rest. Give me a break. I, it's an 82-game season for a reason. It is about revenue. And if it requires some balance, maybe don't sit everybody in the same game. So I'll be Steve Kerr's defender for a second. Do it. It's 82 games for a reason. What? What's the reason? It's not like some kind of math formula spits out this is the correct number of games to represent a Here's full the re- season. Whatever the reason, the reality, if that's a better term, I think, is that all of the revenue-based parts of the NBA are based in 82 games, including the big money maker, which is the broadcasting rights. So are you really going to ask players and everybody else to take a... They're not going to agree to that. Less money? Okay, so... It's, it's a business. Right. Okay, so that makes sense. But the idea that like you had that you have to play 82 or 162 or 17 or 18, those are all arbitrary numbers. I'm okay with baseball going back to 154, right? Because there's a... But I grew up, and I'm a creature of habit. I like the 82-game season. I think it makes sense. They did it in the 90s. You can do it now. I, I would. It's sort of like, would I like to work four days a week? Sure. Do I want to give up 20% of my salary? <laughs> I sure don't. There is a correlation between days worked and money paid. And so when I hear these guys complaining about it, it drives me, it drives me crazy. Because I've seen these athletes and the owners get into lockouts and frustrations over over a whole bunch of money. That would certainly be impacted. I mean, it has gotten to a point, though, where something has to give. I don't think he's wrong in that because while I'm always going to defend the idea of, like, you need to be ready for the postseason, if that means missing a game in December or January, I get it. But there are a lot of games now that are just absolute duds, and they keep ending up on national TV, it's too. True. But just be there to quote someone for that smoke. I mean, if that's what you're going to do... People are going to criticize you. Parents are going to be upset. Kids are going to be upset. I mean, it's part of the part of the deal. I also think there's a way to, if you understand, like load management hasn't worked for Kawhi and Paul George. Obviously, it throws off their rhythm. That team's not very good. There's a way to come up with a plan where you say in a fully healthy year, Steph's not going to play 82 games. He's going to play whatever their math and internal, their internal analysis says. He's going to play 70. You can figure out in advance how to structure that more or less without having to arrest a bunch of guys, all the guys on a single night. Could you do a blanket rule where you could only do this on the at home where there's more instances for your fans to see those players that so Curry always plays in Milwaukee or ho- Portland yeah. or wherever? I mean, yeah, but how do you how do you dictate to a team how they use their guys? 
I also think there's a scenario where why can't you play Steph Curry for 12 minutes? If he's going to sit, why can't he play for 12 or 15 minutes instead of the 40? Because the kid, my kid, I'll take Henry. He wants to see Steph play, you know, whatever. But if we go to a game and Steph Curry plays for 14 minutes, Henry's going to be thrilled with those. He's not going to be like, why didn't he play 36 of the minutes? I think there are solutions here. Do you think those all-star caliber players will agree to that? Because that's obviously going to make their averages dip. Scoring, assists, rebounds. I don't think... So Steph's Steph's the kind of guy that will throw up a three-point ball from, you know, half court or full court as the buzzer expires and not worry about his three-point shooting percentage the way other guys do. It's a good question. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. I wonder, too, if if coaches would fear, oh, man, he's in uniform. I need him. He's only supposed to play 15. Can you give me the fourth quarter? 100%. There's a... But also, like, when they're out, they're out, you know? Like, or just, you sit, like, this isn't new. This happened with the Spurs. And if you remember, there was a game in Miami years ago where Pop didn't even send, was it Duncan, Parker, and, and Manu? And got in trouble with Stern. I think yeah. it was still with Stern. Was that the, was the original one. And you know what? They still won championships. They still went through their process. They still figured it out. Fans still brought tickets. I think the real solution is understand people are going to be upset. Don't come into the pre- – this is what I have – you know what? I'm glad – because you're right. You have a great point, Bogus. I think my actual frustration with Steve Kerr is just not taking it. Like, oh, yeah, the, we need to go fewer games. It's the NBA's fault. That's why I'll keep pushing for it. Just be like, I get it. I know they're upset. This was what's best for the team. They're not going to change it from 82 games. It's not going to happen. He knows it's not going to happen. So if they're never going to change it from 82, and I, I understand this is a lot – more difficult to do than I'm about to make it seem like, then why don't get rid of back-to-backs? Because wouldn't that solve a lot of they, the load management issues? I mean, they've reduced it a lot. I mean, they like when I was covering the, the league every night, back-to-backs were common, and four and five nights were really... I can remember just... I, mean, I don't go on the road like I used to, but I'll sometimes go on the road for three or four or five days and do some games, and, and they're just there aren't as many. So you, you, could, you could further reduce it, but it's been pretty aggressively... Yeah. Addressed, And they've done, like, double-ups. You play two games right. together somewhere to yep. save on travel as well. So you only make one trip to Portland. You play them twice. Yep. And then, so, I mean, that's supposed to help, too. The league is doing it. To, to give them credit, the league has tried a lot of things I agree. to get this off the table. But it, you, it can't be off the table completely. I also think we'll see over time, but I, I, I didn't like it. But I think the 7, 8, 9, 10 play-in, it has added a lot of urgency toward the end of the season where teams do not want to be in the play-in. And having seen really good teams go down in the play-in, Warriors played the Lakers a few years ago, if I remember right, in one of those. And then the Warriors lost to Memphis? I can't remember. That sounds right. Yeah. I mean, so it's bogus. Because eventually they're going to add, they are going to add an in-season tournament in December, modeled somewhat off of like a FA Cup or Copa del Rey and soccer, which it's going to happen. I don't know if it's two years or five years. Adam Silver wants it. And that's going to, it's going to be the, they're going to mix it somehow into the regular season somehow, but it's going to be more games they want to be intense. The NBA wants more games to be intense, not fewer games. And I think if you went to 72, I think you'd, I know we're going late, I think you'd still have teams doing this because the, the math advantage is, okay, we can rest them even more. Like they're going to rest players as much as they can get away with to prepare for the, for a long postseason. Hashtag best friends. Push by. Bye. Mostly, mostly you guys. Now we might do a friendship coffee. That's pretty exciting. I don't drink coffee. That's why you're not invited. Now we'll get you a tea or something. Chocolate milk? What do you like? Oh, you chocolate milk? I don't like chocolate milk. It's gross. You say that jokingly. I drink chocolate milk. I, I know. 
Do you do like Hershey's in the milk? If you, that's what's available, and you sure. stir it together? Absolutely. What's your go-to chocolate milk? Growing up, I was a Nesquik guy. Okay. Uh, not in the house right now, but um, they have like the uh, you know ones for adults. What's the uh, Swiss Miss? Where you like you can like make your My own. Kids like the Swiss Miss. You're very. It's very European because it's Swiss. Oh, okay. Put it together. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's um. Let's uh. No. That's very European. I just I, I missed that one. That's on me, not you. Over your head, that's okay. Completely missed it. It's all good. Diddley A. What was it? <laughs> Diddley A. You're right. Diddley A. He plays for the Canadiens. Diddley A coming up along with some NFL talk here on the show after we get a CBS Sports Radio update from Andrew Bogish. You're listening to the Writer Than You podcast. All right, welcome back to the show. Writer Than You here on CBS Sports Radio. We're trying to get Deesa to go to lunch with us. It's really hard. I don't want to leave the office. You have to provide context, though. You can't just say, I don't want to go. That's not true. Italy, A. Eh? That part is true. <laughs> I found you somebody to do your, your, you know, one of your one of your things for you. Oh, yeah. Like, he was being serious because he wants to do more work. Stuart Kovacs is like, I'm on this. Listen to the music and let it fill you with hope. You know I don't take my responsibilities lightly. <laughs> I honestly thought you were going to say seriously. <laughs> I know you don't. You know what you should take seriously as well? Do you, do you know? The fact, Tom. Do you, do you want to know? I absolutely want to know. The fact that this NFL postseason, every Westwood One NFL broadcast streams live for free. On the road. Beep, beep, that's a horn, to Super Bowl 57. Catch all the action on the Odyssey app on westwoodonesports.com. Buy a Westwood One Station stream or by asking Alexa to open Westwood One Sports. It's all sponsored by AutoZone. The free AutoZone Fix Finder service can help troubleshoot the likely cause if you're pesky. Check in July for free and get you back on the road. Restrictions apply. Get on the zone. AutoZone can help you with your, your pesky radio host, though. Uh, I have a question. I love questions. What was longer, my Shannon Sharp buy or sell question or that read that you just completed? Oh, dude, your Shannon Sharp question was <laughs> 20 times longer. Fair enough. Oh, man. The road to Super Bowl 57. Does it have congestion? Are there traffic jams? What's the speed limit? I don't know. Is you're gonna you're going to drive by a... A beautiful-looking bus with Dallas plates and Dak Prescott's out there with his thumb up? Nah, man. Can't come with me. I'm not going that way. Flat tires, that's your own dang fault. I don't know. Maybe. Man, Joe Burrow is uh, manifested his own destiny. This guy, and this is what I mean, Tom, when I say some arrogance I think is really important. And I, maybe arrogance is the wrong word. Maybe there's semantics here where it's confidence. But I think you can't tell the difference in the moment. And this, and, and it, it, it can be a two-edged sword, but this guy, Joe Burrow, has said from last year when nobody believed it, we are as good, we can beat anybody. And he meant it. He believed it. And it has become so. And his team plays this level of confidence. Doesn't matter what the, they, they're missing one of their top receivers. For a stretch, they figure it out. They're missing offensive linemen. They figure it out. They get off to an 0-2 start. They figure it out. 
They got to go to Arrowhead as big underdogs last year. They figure it out. Amazing. And I love Florio's point, Mike Florio, on the show earlier, that it it ain't the new Brady-Manning is Mahomes-Burrow if Mahomes can live up to that and finally beat him. And 100% Mahomes hasn't beat Burrow in three games. And now he's got to try to do it at less than 100%. And I said earlier in the year that I thought that Cincinnati beating the Chiefs again in the regular season to make it three in a row was much ado about absolutely nothing. And I would I would stand by that if Mahomes were healthy. Mahomes were healthy, give me the give me the Chiefs, man. I just think he and they are better. But he he's not, and he's not going to be. And you mix that with what that sense of vulnerability for the Chiefs is going to do. It's going to be gasoline on the fire of the confidence that Joe Burrow has put everywhere, infused everywhere with his team. I, any one of these teams, man. Bengals, Chiefs, Philly, Niners can win. You got to pick one against the field. Who, who, where are you going? I know, right? Now that Mahomes is banged up, I think I got to go Cincinnati. It does feel like the winner of the so I'm gonna again? I, I think I explained earlier. I've got some some heart in this rather than head. I'm still gonna go Chiefs because I still think that I think it's a coin flip. And if Mahomes can win the game, and if he cannot aggravate that injury anymore, you you obviously get some time now. You get a couple weeks. But it it could be the Eagles, man. And it certainly could be the Niners. Thing is, I don't think Brock Purdy can have another first half like he had again and and, and beat the teams. You're not going to have the luxury of Dak Prescott going forward. You're going to have a really good Eagles team and a really good quarterback, and then you're going to have either Joe Burrow or a Somewhat healed up, we think, Patrick Mahomes. If we get to a Super Bowl. Man, Bengals. Bengals can be the favorites, huh? I think they got to be right here right now anyway. Joe Burrow is such a beast. All these quarterbacks are really interesting. Three of them are, like, incredible. And one of them, Brock Purdy, is making a case. Still some ways to go there. Uh, thanks to Florio. Thanks to Bogish. Thanks to Pretty Daddy. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you. I'm Bill Ryder. Remember, Tom takes off his shirt tomorrow here on CBS Sports Radio.